Well, if you blinked at all this week, I guess you missed a buy-the-dip opportunity. Up again this morning, we do have one potential roadblock, the PCE inflation data at 8.30. We'll discuss that and much more with me, Schneider, at 8.15. Nike, little bit of misstep. We'll see if they buy the dip in that. It's Friday. It's the end of the quarter. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, traders and investors. We're up cool. 17 handles, 52.75. Caught a bid right off that 6 p.m. open. The buck back up over 103, up eight cents at 103.08. Bonds down again, down nine thirty seconds, 125 at 28.30 seconds. Crude dancing around 70, up a dime, 69.96. Gold moving towards 1900. Down 580 at 1911.90. Silver stuck in the middle, 22 handle, down 19 cents at 22.40. And Bitcoin futures over 31K, up $295. Let's bring in Triple D. And Triple D, do you know why it's probably going to be a pretty slow day in the market? Let's say it's not going to be a well, I think it's going to be a slow day, but I think it's not going to be a slow close. It's the end of the quarter. It should be a good day for trading. Don't yeah, tell me it's going to be a slow day. Traders well, don't want to hear it's going to be a slow day. We want to hear it's a good day. Well, don't you know about the Fourth uh, of July theory on Tuesday? Do you know? Do you know about well, that? I don't think anybody. I I, I think volume is going to be very light on Tuesday. Okay. Well, here's here's the thinking, okay? If the markets are closed on Tuesday, yes, and there's a half day on Monday, yes, right? Do you really need to work Friday? Like you leave Thursday night for your vacation, and then you can come back Tuesday night. These traders are getting too lazy here now. We need to be in there and trade because you know what? I need movement. I need action. You don't need four, four or five day weekends. I say. You go Friday night or Saturday morning on your vacation. You go till Tuesday. So take your half day off of okay. Monday and then you're okay. back in the saddle on Wednesday. So you got to work the end of the quarter. This is the end of the quarter. You got to work the end of the quarter. It's I'll be been working, a good quarter. And I'll be trying to move and I'll be trying to be a mover and a shaker. It's a, it's a good end of the quarter, right? I mean, can't complain. And it looks like we're going to end here on a strong note. You want to talk about any window dressing? Or, Mitch, do you have any uh, stats for the quarter? I mean, it's yeah, been a good one. It yeah. has. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, hey, Mitch, half the year, the S&P is going to be at 14.5% higher. Oh, and the NASDAQ, is going to surge nearly 30%. I would have been like, no, honestly, I would have been like, what are you smoking? Because yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think everyone would have been like, yeah, what are you on, man? Uh, but the truth is, this is why it's so important 
to understand where the beaten down sectors are, I think, of the year. Because sometimes those can become the best sectors the next year. Technology was just that, right? Everyone last year was like, no, I don't want chip stocks. I don't want NVIDIA. I don't want Meta. Now looking back, everyone's like, man, I should have grabbed it. I should have grabbed it. I mean, hindsight capital is always 2020. Yeah. <laughs> always, always, always. Um, I think there was some people who called this rally. I think they were few and far between. Very I think some few. people who give themselves credit <laughs> for calling this rally, a la Tom Lee, were calling the rally last year, the year before. Um, I mean, you can just stay in the bull camp and say, oh, yeah, I called this rally. Well, you didn't do that well in 2021. You didn't do that well in 2020 at the end of it when we started to sell off. So, I mean, or 2022. So, I mean, you know, the eternal bulls that are tooting their own horns here now, I don't give them credit. But there's traders out there who are very good that, you know, Ryan Dietrich, obviously, you know, has used some stats. He has been on the bull camp. I give him a lot of credit here. Because at moments in time, Ryan Dietrich will say, you know, he's not always in the eternal bull camp. He's using stats. He's using different things. So just be careful with who you're following out there that, oh, yeah, I got this right. Well, if you're always bullish and you go through a bull market, you eventually get it right. But how'd you do in 2021? So, I mean, it, it's it's a tough call. It's always tough to call the markets. I mean, take this moment in time, Joel. Where are we six months from now? Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows where we're going nobody's got a crystal ball it's projections it's guesses there's always somebody gonna guess right i mean and it's easy to guess bullish because the markets trend up over time it's why you own stocks in your long-term portfolio it's why i never go short a stock in my long-term portfolio never never been short a stock in my long-term portfolio the reason is because the long-term portfolio is supposed to be grows over time so you're always fighting the tape that doesn't mean there isn't times to be bearish. It doesn't mean there isn't times to make money on the short side. There's times to make money on the short side all the time. But I think there's a lot of people who, you know, are saying, yeah, I told you so. But where were you in 2022 and 2021? Were you telling me it was bullish back when we were up, you know, highs? Because perspective here, it's been a tough couple of years. It's been a great nine months, but it's been a tough couple of years. It has. And I think one of the things that, you know, sometimes happens is that there's always something that comes into the market. Like I, I was thinking about it back. Um, we first had like, you know, cryptocurrency, then we went blockchain, we went NFTs, we went metaverse, and then came this AI thing. I think that's really what's gotten the change, really. Because if I look at the headwinds and the tailwinds out there, I mean, there's still a war going on, right? They're still concerned that China can invade Taiwan at any moment. There's still high inflation. The Fed hasn't pivot. It's this is a, a to me. It's just AI bubble that has brought these tech stocks. Or, or you? Are well, you it's all just, multiple expansion too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all multiple expansion. You know, like if we look at the earnings, Nvidia exception because that earnings report was just phenomenal. But for the most part, when you look at all of these earnings, this isn't like, oh, Microsoft is making so much more money than they were at this time last year. or Apple's making so much more money than they were at this time last year. It's just multiple expansion. This has just been FOMO. We've taken these multiples on Microsoft from 25 times to 33 times. We've taken Apple, which at one time, believe it or not, when we started this show, Joel, 
that everybody was like, when is Apple going to get some love? Because it was always trading 12 or 13 times earnings. That, was Gene's, that was Gene's premise. For all the, all the time. Gene was right on this. Nobody more right than Gene Munster on Apple because he was in the bull camp the whole time. It was trading 12, 13 times earnings. And he's like, when is this actually going to get, you know, if this got a market multiple even of like 18 or 19 times then, he's like, it's going up 30, 40, 50% just from multiple expansion. It not only got a market multiple, it's way over a market multiple now, you know, like, and, and now you get the upgrade. So this is, you know, or not upgrade, buy rating from Citigroup, taking their price target, or I guess they didn't have a price target. They're putting a price target on, I don't know if the analysts, Left because obviously City you would right, have yeah. Apple, so maybe it's a, so. a new analyst. But you mm-hmm. know, and here and you know, just talking about Apple, I mean, one ninety one thirty one. I have a trading position on an Apple, but um, you know, just talking about Apple in general, um, you know, you get the upgrade now or the the buy initiation no, of a buy. It had to be initiation a new analyst. Of a buy yeah, I mean, because why would you just wake up on the Friday with this an all time high like oh. This, this is it, baby. I got to come out. No, I I don't know. I think it's a new initiation. Uh, it's trading up double uh, what the spy is trading. So oh, for sure, because yeah. it's going to get talked. They were talking about it last night, even on CNBC. They're talking to talk it. I mean, so it's it's up. I'm long it, full disclosure, just for a trade. But I'm going to be selling this today. So I'm not. I'm going to actually probably talk against my trade here right now. Because I think it's crazy to be coming in with buy ratings on this thing now i mean where were you six months ago this thing is straight up i mean it's 32 what is the multiple Uh, it's probably over 30 now over 30 now this isn't a company that's growing 40 percent a year or 20 percent a year is this even growing at all they're saying eks is saying 20 percent a year i don't think apple's growing 20 percent a year is it i don't think it's growing that high maybe i'm wrong but i don't even think it's been growing at all lately it's a cash cow iPhone company. They're going to have products. Apple's still the best run, one of the best run companies there. But you're not getting it cheap anymore. That's the biggest problem is when you're investing, you want to invest in good companies at reasonable valuations. Apple's approaching not being a reasonable valuation anymore. It was a reasonable valuation. I owned it in my long-term portfolio for the better part of a decade. I sold it, and you knew I sold it. I sold it at 175, and it went down to 125. I obviously should have rebought it, but you know I've sold out. But I mean, here's the forward P. The current P is 32. The forward P is 29. So I mean, wow. I guess we just you know. I guess we're just in this FOMO environment where you pay 29 times earnings. I don't get it, but that's what we're in. The truth is I've thought about that for a while, for a long time about Apple, and what have I done? I've missed it because of that. And I I think that at the end of the day, we have to remember it's just the best of breed and we'll continue going higher as long as the market goes higher for right now. Yeah. Big component. Yeah. Things change. That's the way I think. So, so I understand Dennis, I understand that things can change, right? Uh, We could see the top kind of the leadership change, but for right now, how long has Apple been there? And I don't see it going away anytime soon. Look at your longer term chart here. There are not a lot of moves here. You know, take, you know, the the 2020, that was a huge move, but everything went up then. But there's not a lot of stocks of Apple's market cap that go up from $124 to $190. So you're talking about a 60, what is that, 5, 65 point move on 124. You're talking about, what, a 55% move this year? Apple's up 55%. The biggest company, one of the biggest companies in the world is up 55% this year. 
You think it's going up a hundred? It might, but it the might. bet is that eventually you're going to have some mean reversion here. The bet is eventually you may actually have a pullback, a viable pullback. Would I buy a pullback on Apple? Yeah, probably. But things just usually don't go up in a straight line. We have basically went up in a straight line, AI, FOMO driven to Mitch's point, for the better part of six months. That is what we've done in the first half. Apple's basically up 50% in the first half. This is a huge move, folks. This is huge an absolutely move. huge move. Can it I... keep going? Things can keep going. As trades, maybe you just ride the trend. But if you're coming here and saying, I got to buy some of this Apple in my long-term portfolio, this is the time to invest. The time to invest in good companies is on pullbacks, not on 50% runs in six months. This thing could go down to 170 or 160 and be like, what a terrible company. No, 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 no. Not what a terrible company. What a terrible purchase by you, I would say, if this goes back to 160 or 170. Because you have FOMO. So if anybody gets burned on Apple buying at 191, it is their fault. And maybe it goes to 240 straight like Citigroup is saying. Yeah, it's not going But I think it's due for a pullback. We'll I see what happens. And again, you can keep it around. I know we got to keep moving the show around. But I'm just trying to make a point to you long-term investors because we talk trading so much. Come in and buy good companies. Apple is definitely a good company. At reasonable valuations, 20, 32 times current earnings for a stock that's growth rate is, we can grab that too. Somebody said 20%. I don't believe it. Revenue growth is 7% right now. That's where revenue growth is on this thing. Maybe they're cutting costs and maybe they're trying to make the bottom line look a little bit better as they cut costs. But revenue growth is not warrant coming in here and paying 32 times earnings. Not in my case, but maybe AI is going to come and maybe it's going to change everything. And maybe it's going to start growing at 25, 30% a year. If Apple starts growing at 35, 40% a year, it's definitely worth this. There used to be the peg ratio. Remember, you look at the growth rate yeah, remember and you that? look at the PE. Remember you know, that? people would actually, and you say, oh, you're getting one. Yeah, one. So, I mean, <laughs> if it has a 30% growth rate, you pay 30 times earnings. It used Hold to be on, like Dennis. That. I think I have that in a book back there somewhere, but I don't yeah, think I know, it matters. Yeah, I know. Nobody follows books anymore. <laughs> uh, so, let's... again, I'm not talking to any traders here. Stocks go, Kenny Glick. Stocks go from 180 to 190, usually go to 200. The party probably still continues, but I'm talking to you long-term investors here. Buy them at reasonable valuations, not after they've had 50% run-ups. That's my, that's my point. All right, let's keep it running to Nike. Uh, Nike, uh, Q4 EPS missing estimates here, but sales beat expectations. Q1 revenue growth expected to be flat. Uh, up to low single digits. So it doesn't look good here for Nike, but a little bit of buy the dip going on this morning. What do you guys think? Nice run into the report, right? And then you can see it just stalled ahead of the report. Pretty high expectations. Uh, they did have a dip. They gave back all those gains. Uh, 107.30 was a low. You've got to bounce off that. I don't know what they said during the conference call. Uh, to me, I'm just going to look, man, you got to, I'm going to call 112 resistance now. You had a trio of lows there. Yesterday's low, 112.61. So I think you got a battle there. And I don't know if this, Dennis, is this a, you know, a stock? I mean, that doesn't really fit the bill of of, uh, of the uh, of the Apple. So I don't know. I don't know I'd be so quick to buy this That's one. That's just beaten up. I mean, yep. Nike is not cheap either. So if we want to go into Nike, and I'll just grab it here. Almost identical to Apple, actually. Funny, 32 times earnings, 28 forward multiple. Nike is not a cheap stock here, folks. Not growing much either. Revenue growth to be flat, 
to up single digits. So, I mean, that doesn't sound great. They're saying 2024 is supposed to be better. Well, they always look when they look out a year, but nobody knows a year from now. But this is what they all do. So this is what happens. Growth don't look that great, but we're going to be good in 2024. That's, you know, what they're basically saying. So we don't look that good next quarter. We don't look that good for the year, but we'll be good in 2024. We'll be good in 2026. That's what they do. So when they're not reporting a great quarter, and this was not a great quarter, to try to like, you know, oh, we don't want the stock to sell off too much. We'll tell them we'll be good in 2024. I'm sure we'll be good in 2024. Oh, yeah, we'll be good by then. Yeah, you're projecting interest rate cuts by the Fed and everybody starts getting back to a party like that. This quarter sucked. Honestly, the Nike quarter absolutely sucked. But where I, what I tweeted last night is you're in this buy-the-dip environment where they're like, oh, I got to buy something. Nike's significantly off from the highs. Highs were back at 177 where people were playing ridiculous valuations for Nike. So oh, they yeah. got to justify and they want to come in and buy something like this. So does a dip get bought? It's a big name. It's a widely owned stock. Does a dip get bought on Nike? It fits some checks and marks for some portfolio managers. So probably, but I'll tell you right now, this was not a great quarter. Next. All right, that's I'm gonna do it for Nike. Here. Here. I, it's even hard to interrupt you. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna interrupt. I'm gonna interrupt. Making points. That's the point to the show. Let's get to Mish. All right, let's get to our guests. Mish, you're doing some navigating here to get to us. Uh, Mish Schneider, <laughs> Michelle Schneider. Chief Strategist, Market Gauge, uh, FinTech Publisher, Commodity Trader, former floor person. We love to have floor people on here. So big windstorm, knocked out the internet at her house. She scrambled and made it to her office, Mish. We really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Joel. Good to see you all. All right. So you got, uh, we're going to, we're going to deviate a little bit from the modern family a little bit and, uh, with the PCE number coming up momentarily here, uh, let's talk about you know some macro and uh, uh, the yields you could get in the market, the potential for stagflation. Mish, how are you sitting on these issues? Well, not much has changed really in terms of my overall feeling about what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And now I think we have more evidence. You know, obviously this rally that we've seen in the tech rally has been spectacular. And so there's always, and I I was listening to Dennis and Mitch talk about this, there's always the opinion and the macro, and then of course then there's the trader mentality. And so as the trader mentality, it was a spectacular rally and we were able to take part in a lot of it. Um, And that's simply because of the math. There was absolutely no emotions or thinking about it. It was following the models. And I, and I believe that that's who did better this year is the people who just said, wow, this is going up. I don't care why. I'm just going to buy it. And so I just wanted to put I wanted to follow up on what you guys said before because I was listening. Um, and it's so true. Uh, and that's why Apple at 191, people are going, damn, why didn't I buy it when it got over 175? Well, 175 was a huge breakout. So a lot of people um, still at this point, and particularly institutional investors, and I'm, I'll get back to my point about stagflation in a moment. I just wanted to follow up on that. I appreciate it. Yeah, are, are, are either had they've missed this rally, and so now FOMO, as you were mentioning before, mm-hmm. and, and, and on the same token, it's a rally that's not stopping, at least not yet. So now let's go back to stagflation. Does the tech rally really represent growth? 
We did have a decent GDP, 2%. I mean, it's nothing expansion, but it's at least not contraction. And I think that's really what brought us the first six months to this point was A, there was a feeling that inflation might have peaked, and we'll get back to that. B, tech area was actually relatively undervalued coming into this year. C, there was an overall sentiment that the Fed was going to at least, maybe if not even pause, at least slow the rate of how fast they were going to hike. Uh, and, and, and really, the champions of all of this are the consumers because the consumer has been going out spending money regardless of all the doom and gloom out there. So that has really brought us to this point. So that makes me question, is that optimism going for the next six months going to continue when we can already see evidence that maybe not? This yield curve is inverted to a point that it hasn't been since 1983. That generally means at some point there could be recession. People were expecting it right away, we have earnings season coming up. I'm thinking maybe we don't even see recession, at least in the in the actual terms of recession, for a while, because we still have to go through this stagflation, which means right now, with the Fed saying they're going to raise, and inflation not really going away, it tells me that if they're more aggressive, we'll have to go to a stagnating part, and eventually, eventually, they will have to do something more aggressive to get that job market uh, being a little bit weaker so that they can then possibly put us into the recession. And that's where we're at right now. So if that's the case, this big tech rally will be impacted, but that doesn't mean that there won't be a good rotation into other opportunities. This, this is a good segue here. And what I've been noticing over the course of the last few weeks is this rotation. The IWM has started to show life. IWM trading a, a multiple much lower than the S&P not trading even close to the 30 times earnings that Apple is trading at here right now. I mean, half of that is really where the IWM is. Small caps have been absolutely forgotten. People are like, why would you buy a small caps when Apple's going up 20% a month? I mean, at a certain point in time, could there be a catch-up trade? And I am, full disclosure, very long the IWM. Could there be a catch-up <laughs> trade here on small caps? Because they have underperformed here for a very long time. Well, that's such a great question, Dennis. And of course, it's a gr also a good segue for me because IWM, the Russell 2000, is still the granddaddy of my economic modern family for this very reason, is that if you really want to see what the impact of everything that has happened with inflation and with central bank policy, you have to look at the Russell 2000 because that's going to be the reflection of what's going on within the United States. Are we really growing here in terms of these companies? Now, I will get arguments on that. People say, oh, you should be looking at the S&P 600 instead of the Russells. But th the charts are virtually the same. So to answer your question, all of the um, tech uh, areas, and NASDAQ and SPY, the Dow, semiconductors, and now even transportation, and that's the key here, another member of my economic modern family, as is semiconductors, They've all gone through this 23-month moving average. And I believe when I was on last time with you, I showed you that because it's a very important measure of a two-year cycle within a longer cycle. And so we needed to see that get over the 23-month to show some level of expansion. And here we are, right? That's why we're seeing the 2% GDP. But IWM has not. It has not cleared it yet. It comes in at around 
190 to 193. So to your point, Dennis, if it can get through there, then I would think that, right, we're going to see not only more of the rotation into the small caps and into the value versus growth, but it will be a true sign of healthiness for the market and something to actually look forward to, which of course would then inspire more confidence from the consumer and then maybe bring back some of the money that's still on the sidelines into the market. So we're at a very close to a very critical point with that mm. Russell. And we too, by the way, are along the Russells once it got over 180. All right, Mish, let's uh, pivot here and uh, talk commodities, right? And uh, we had big perception commodities big run supply chains wheat's going to 20 soybeans going to 30 everything got really out of proportion we've had a, a pullback wheat is really pulled back quarters hold tough so but just overall looking at you know the, the the underpinnings of inflation are commodities what is your take on the commodities markets for the remainder of the year well, the commodities market, Joel, as you know, uh, are very volatile and that that's what they are. And if we think that we're in some level of a similar period to the mid to late 70s, this is exactly kind of what happened. There was this huge run in 76, particularly if we look at something like sugar, which, you know, is my great barometer. And then it came off like 40, 50 percent. And it was the same thing. The Fed actually relaxed at that point some of their tightness that they were doing. And then of course, then we had that great bull run that happened in 79. So we are a little, little bit different here because the Fed is aware of this. But if, I do believe still that these commodities are not done because not necessarily of the technicals, nothing really much has changed except for the fact that supply chain has eased somewhat but we still have Russia. I mean, this weekend, everybody thought that, you know, we were going to go into some kind of civil war in Russia and then that didn't happen. But that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be Russian headlines coming out. We still have a lot of uh, problems with weather. I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show that I got in. I was we were going to do this for my house this morning and we I came here because there was no internet. Well, the whole entire country has been experiencing either extreme drought. Or when the drought alleviates, it becomes these flooding rains, and that's going to uh, affect the crops. China's having a major drought. Uh, so Australia's had a drought, although I think it's been a little bit better lately. All of these things, along with higher interest rates, we have not seen the reduction of the costs when you go out and shop or you go to a restaurant. So the raw materials, that tells me that they've sold off from a technical standpoint but they're still relatively rare, which is why these companies are charging higher prices, which is a lot of what's could, interesting about the PCE coming out today. So the very short answer is this, now that I've kind of given you the backdrop, is I still believe we should not get complacent about these commodities. I agree. I think DBA took this incredible run from 21. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it got to 22, which is exactly where it needed to go and went all the way back down Broke down under 20, is now back over 21 this morning as I looked before the market. And um, this tells me that you got to keep an eye there and there could be an opportunity. And that's, we're talking grains. If we look at industrial metals, steel's been going up. Yep. You know, Tesla, Tesla's made deals. Mish, with I, Mish, I hate yeah. to cut you off, but, but we, oh got, we got an 830 number. 
Oh, is it out? We got, yeah, it's coming up right now. So we're going to go do quick coverage of that. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. We're going to get you on again real soon. Everyone's like, have Mish on for the whole hour. So we're <laughs> we're going to wrap things up today. Mish Snyder uh, over at Market Gauge, guiding us through the market. We really appreciate it. We'll dial you up again soon. All right. Thanks, Joel. Sorry I went Hi, on Mish. too long. There's a lot to say. Oh, it, it was know, my fault because no. I ranted too long. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis is showing us off, man. He's fired. Get her back on next Dennis week because we got to keep Mish in. yeah. Special All meeting. Right. Okay, let's go, Mitch. All right, let's get to the numbers here. I'm going to give at least a preview really quickly here. Let's take a look at, of course, PCE coming in. Let me zoom out one time here so you guys okay. can see a little bit better here. All right, let's see what happens when we get these numbers. Of course, we're going to get a lot of numbers coming in at the same time, but PCE is the most important. Focus is kind of the year-over-year -year number, right? The year-over-year -year prior was 4.4. Consensus this time is 4.6. So expected to actually come up on personal consumption expenditures. And month-over-month, -month, prior 0.4, consensus 0.5 now. Um, so that's one thing to keep an eye out for. I think this is something that could definitely change things up. Um, and then, of course, if you look at the core, core was 4.7 uh, year over year is expected to be again 4.7 prior 0.4 month over month consensus this time also 0.4. Let's see if we get a spike again. in Yeah, the let's see what the algo jumpers are in. doing here. I'm not going to jump ahead. I see 830 is probably out. The people with the super fast Internet located right next to the wherever the waiting, data comes waiting, out from waiting. Waiting, waiting, waiting. It, it's coming in. Ooh, well, the initial move is up. So yeah, it's coming. It looks like it's good. We took out the pre market high of 56 and a quarter. Uh, eight day high at 44.62 is what I'd like to see here momentarily. So we, do, we did make it a new high. We're pausing. Mitch, you got some numbers for us yet? Oh, or I'm looking still... for it there. They're They're looking, they looking. haven't announced me. Point about one versus point five year Ooh. over year. 0.1 versus 0.5 expected. That is coming in low there and definitely giving the market to spike here. Uh, PCE index year over year for May, 4.6 versus 4.6. Um, so taking a look here as the numbers come in, core PCE price index month over month, 0.3 versus a 0.3 estimate prior was 0.4. Um, so that's coming down core, uh, coming down. Overall price index coming in pretty much in line there, but you guys see it. Seems like the markets are liking this these numbers in, right now. Yeah, the numbers in line, so was where it's expected, and that's good enough for this market because this market just wants to, you know, continue to go higher. The bubble like, baby as continues. Long as they don't, this market is of the of the case as long as you know it doesn't come in ha. and show inflation coming back, which it's not. That the party continues. Yeah. So multiples, who cares? We don't care about market multiples right now. We just care the stocks are going up to Misha's point too. Um, you know, looking at the portfolio managers, they don't care. They're just like, well, it's going up. I'm buying. That's what no we're in. Dip. Market There's no in. nothing. That uh, algos, the uh, quick jumpers before they got the, the number. Uh, I'll just give you an eight-day high, 44.62. And then I'm just going to give you one number after that. You know how I like my high close of the move? The Thursday before the quad witch, the high close of the move was 44.71 and a quarter. Uh, so that's that's the date number. That's, uh, you know, it's an intermediate number, but that's a date number. We did find some sellers at the eight-day high. Uh, bears are just 
trying to figure out what to do here. The Bears. Uh, we got tonight the Bears. Uh, another number, what I like to do is I like to look at this 830. Like, where were we? Where were we right before the number? We ended that, ooh, the 830 bracket at 53.50. So we're a solid 10, uh, eight handles above that. And um, there we go. Dennis, uh, there was just such a one-way reaction. Did you did you see any anything in the stocks? Did they just follow the spoos there and just Yeah, well, the stocks up? are just playing catch up a little bit here. Yep. We've okay. run up about seven to eight handles here. Um, I don't think it was, it was anything. I think I, I don't know what to think. I think you're really at the crossroads. You're at the end of the quarter, right? So uh-huh. we should talk about this too. The end of the quarter, typically you get window dressing. Video catches an upgrade from Dio. We can talk about that in a second too. Apple catches a buy rating we've already talked about here. Um, this is when you know managers that haven't held these stocks might actually buy these stocks wow. today to make sure they're in their portfolio because they don't want to go and say, you know, they send out the quarterly reports. Like, why don't I own NVIDIA? So they want to put those on. That's what window dressing is. You put the good companies in there so that when they get quarterly statements, you can actually see, oh, yeah, I owned NVIDIA. So I'm happy that I owned NVIDIA. I bought it that day just because you wanted it on the quarter. <laughs> so that's what window dressing is. So a lot mm-hmm. of times what you see, you know, and obviously we nothing works in the absolutes. It just works in percentages. But a lot of times what you see is when you've had a good quarter, when you've had a good, you know, run in some stocks, those continue on today. A lot of times what you see is the reversal happens after so i would say strength today maybe weakness next week is what the textbook would say in those names so it's not a bad idea to book and take some profits into this it's been a hell of a run i sold my apple way too soon i was in some tech stocks sold them way too soon i sold some more cues you know just on the options expiration there obviously i mean it's been an impressive run i just think now is the time if you're in these for trades maybe not long-term investors but in these for trades to start thinking about ringing the register into this strength. You're going to see some strength here. That is going to continue with the PC. We're going to see serious strength throughout the open. You'll be I talking do not about think it all we're, day. I'm not saying we re- reverse today, but I'm saying quantitatively speaking, looking at, you know, percentages, looking at, you know, after the big quarter, the big run up, the big day, a lot of times you see reversals next week. So, could we see some weakness on Monday? It is possible. I don't see any weakness happening today right now. And Mitch, is this, uh, I mean, for the Fed, for the Fed funds tool, I mean, mm-hmm. this is, I mean, this is cooperative numbers here, right? I mean, yeah. you take, you take the, I don't know if this takes uh, a quarter, two more quarter rate hikes off the table or not, but um, definitely, well, I know that takes uh, like 10, 15 minutes uh, to update here. Uh, I'll just, we'll get back to some individual issues yeah. here, but for the people that are, you know, looking at, you know, to alluding to what Dennis said, look at your highs from last week or not from last week, from the expiration week. Of course, that high in the S&Ps at 93.75, that would exceed the daily target by 20 handles. I'm not saying that we're not going to go there. But it, but if you're looking to trim today or potential targets today and or Monday, look where the stocks were on that quad witch expiration. See where they peaked there. Something like I'd really like to look at Microsoft here. Uh, you know, Microsoft has got a long road to hold to, to get back up to that level. And uh, conversely, Apple, you know, with the run, and it, it's well above it. So there's a general gauge here. 
uh, you know, if you are looking to trim, looking at potential targets, either that high or the close that day, too, if you're looking for a number below that. You want to talk about this uh, Johnny-come-lately NVIDIA? Up, uh, it was an upgrade in a price target race? Mm-hmm. On NVIDIA? Not an up, yeah, an upgrade to Iowa. Yeah. That was small, not very influential, but they'll move it a little bit today. I'll tell you one thing. It, it, it's off the support, and with that number reporting, it did get a nice little pop just recently. I was even thinking maybe should I jump in there at 4.12.50s? Um, but it, it, it's one of these markets where, uh, you know, I feel like there's so many people that have been betting against NVIDIA that that's easily how you get your face ripped off. That's so what's um, happened. That is yeah. what has happened. I mean, yeah, we, they're still we, betting we against it. Dan Nathan on CNBC shorting the stock at $300. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any maybe sense of 413 yeah. either. So yeah. again, you have to understand if you're in it for trades, you're going with the flow. If you're in it for long-term investments, I'm not adding to NVIDIA now. It, it's very difficult to, to short a, a monster like that. And I think that that's how I used to refer kind of Tesla uh, shorting Tesla is always very, very difficult, and a stock like NVIDIA can always push right back up. Um, we've seen the massive volatility increase these last couple of days, but I feel like, if anything, it's getting retail traders to overtrade within the range, and then they're just getting ripped on moves like this because they're, you know, overnight they're thinking that these stocks are going to drop, you know, 10, 20 points. That's not what's happening. Let's go over to now Constellation Brands and their Q1 adjusted EPS here at $2.91 beat the $2.83 estimate. Sales of $2.51 billion beat the $2.47 billion estimate. They affirmed their fiscal year Ooh. 24 comparable EPS outlook and getting a little bit of a lift here, STZ. No lift. Oh, no. It's no lift. Pounded. Just decline. So it pops on the initial number. Ooh. Popped over 254, and then they realized, oh, wait a second, this is a consumer staple. Oh, That's wait when a I was looking at it. Five and a half percent, <laughs> five and a half percent treasury environment. Why do I want to own consumer staples uh, at all time highs and five and a half percent? And you know, the growth is just not there. I mean, yeah, sales were up a little bit. Remember, Budweiser has been struggling here. So you'd expect, you know, them to have a big beat or at least a bigger beat because there's definitely some people buying more Corona. And when they're not buying any Bud Light. So, you know, but that's not a direct because Constellation has so many other things. Like Taps a more direct play on just pure beer. Constellation, I think of as spirits with some beer. So yeah. it was a decent quarter. It probably wasn't as good as some people may have expected considering how bad the Bud Light numbers have been. So the numbers were fine. It's a beat, beat, and a slight raise. But again, you're just looking here, and where is Constellation Brands? It's all Man. about fundies right now, at least on the consumer staples. So P is actually only 21, which isn't too bad because some of these consumer staples are trading 25. But again, when you put in a 5.5% six-month treasury yield, this is 1.48%. So you're losing four on the dividend yield, and you're not getting a hell of a lot of growth. The revenue growth here on a Constellation brand, 7%. It's not nothing but it's not really much either so again if i'm putting capital to at risk in this stock market it's got to show me some growth it's got to show me you know why why am i buying consumer staple at an all-time high we should uh we should have this taped and then when uh these stocks like the general mills because you've been very consistent with your analysis on this also like where 
where's the AI in Constellation Brands? You Matt know, Tuttle just tweeted at me. He just said that exact thing on Constellation Brands. I mean, oh. there's no AI in here. No, there's not. <laughs> there's no AI in Consumer Staples. Follow um, the middle, I, baby. AI, look at, it's calling it out. There's an A in Staples, Consumer. You know, 238. No, no AI in there. Some, someone made a little stand at 238 here this morning. You're three bucks above that. Uh, this 240 area, uh, you know, a couple lows in that area. So, I mean, I'm not going to short it down, you know, six bucks or, you know, get too excited about that. But. You know, who knows? 238. If it takes out that pre-market low, I just don't like the way it looks between 235 and 240. Actually, I don't like the way it looks between 230 and 240. Uh, a lot of open range there. But let's see if we can hold that pre-market low at 238. Coming back on the upside, you might have to wait a couple days to get a gap fill here at uh, 246.02 for Constellation Brands. It's just back to what you were saying, though. I mean, General Mills. The dip, Nothing. not bought at all. No. Not bought at all. Mm -hmm. Why? There's no AI story, and you have a 5.5% treasury yield. So Kellogg's, Goldman, with the ridiculous upgrade that I had. It <laughs> had a good day yesterday. We were it's bad, yeah. It bounced oh. a bit. It bounced a bit yesterday. I mean, Campbell's Soup sitting down here near the lows. We're just going through. Obviously, soup has nothing to do with beer, but there's all consumer staples. Coca-Cola leaking here. KO Strip does not look great. KO, let's do that. Let's do the details on this one. So just going to my trusty Benzinga Pro. P is 26 times earnings. 26 times. 26 earnings. for Coca-Cola. What? 26 you times earnings. Eight five and a half percent. Let's just do the math. And a five and a half percent six-month treasury yield. When yields are going up still, the Fed has so much said that. Five and a half percent. You're getting in your Coca-Cola, which is just, you know, oh, this awesome three percent dividend. That's two and a half below the treasury yield. So that should be discounted. The revenue growth here is 11%. So you do have some growth. But you want to pay 26 times for that? I'd rather own Apple than Coke. And I, I'd be chasing Apple completely. And I just did a rant on not owning Apple. But I would rather own Apple at 28 or 29 times, maybe it's 30 times, than Coke at 26 times. So I just cannot get on board with this consumer staple trade at all. And you know what? The market is proving me correct. Because these stocks have not only not participated in the recent rally, they are going down. They are like bonds. They are trading. If interest rates fall off a cliff, then these stocks become more attractive. But when interest rates are still kind of going up, and they're going to stay up here, that high, they're going to stay up here too. I and don't you know, think they're coming down anytime soon. No, so I just not. think there's so many better places for your money. Remember when we were talking about Warren and we we're like, man, he just got too much Apple. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. like he. Well, he's he gets, been kicking butt. And taking yeah, yeah. There with yeah. All that Apple. I mean, I'm just looking at Brick B. That's coming back up near its all time high. Apple and Oxy. I mean, the Oxy's a little bit different story, but you know, when there was you know a lot of indecision on Apple, he came out with his uh, you know his 13F and he added to it. I mean, he you know he's the goat. And he is the goat of the stock market here once again uh, with that. Uh, just a little ways from uh, the old time high, but that heavy concentration of Apple, boy, oh, boy, it's it's uh, it's doing them well. I don't know. Like I said, the Oxy, I don't – these oil stocks, I don't know. Look at it. It's just oh, – it's had a nice little bump here off that low, and crude's hanging in here around That's 70. The, so going back to what Mish was saying, I believe there is the opportunity for a catch-up trade in some value names. Mm -hmm. I think 
next quarter, maybe. And again, this all depends. If we get more bank failures, that trades off the table. So the one thing holding the IWM back and the small cast back is still the KRE. We need to not see any more bank failures. That's what scares me from going all in. Because you know what? I'd be all in on this value trade. I'd be all in on the IWM. And I'm, I've got a pretty good position. But I mean, I would be heavily in it if I wasn't so concerned about the banks. Because I mean, if the banks roll over, and the banks had a fantastic day yesterday. So they were Amen. up, you know, in the stress test. I don't get it because I thought this, you know, was just obvious that they were going to beat. But again, I forget that the market just doesn't price an obvious. So, you know, that's why, you know, these things were all popping yesterday. But I yes. think there's there's opportunities. This market has a lot of pockets where there's good value here. There are stocks that are cheap. You don't have to just run into everything about, expensive. Yeah, I mean, you got a little bit of risk with, uh, with the Schwab, right? But uh, that's starting to show uh, some life here off the stress test that uh, gapped up yesterday. Uh, I think 60 is just the level there. I think you got some room up to 60. Uh, but, you know, once again, are you stepping into a potential landmine, you know, with something like Schwab? But it's been quiet. Uh, I like to look at some of the other brokers, too, interactive brokers, just doing what it does, man. That was a buy. I was thinking when the, That's everything. That's all me. <laughs> just kidding with you, uh but uh it's a it's a nice rally s&p's hit 66 and a quarter uh not much up there as i mentioned the eight day high was 44 uh 62 but um so far uh good good looks like a good end to the quarter and i and i know i'm really sorry about having to cut mish off but we wanted to do the PCE number we're, we're very gonna cons- get her back soon because she yeah. didn't get her points we'll try to get her back next week if she's free all right, really excited to, to take her more from Mish. All right, team. I, I I tried to give you guys the burn leaving port alert on the cruise oh line oh as they continue yeah. and continue. Carnival shares trading higher after Jeffries upgraded the stock from hold to buy and raised the price target from nine to twenty five here. Um, so definitely, they've already left port. So it's uh, going to be a little bit hard to jump in on this trade now. I've been uh, I sold Norwegian a little too early. I had both of these uh, Carnival and Norwegian. So Norwegian around seventeen, and that's just continuing to just keep climb. I'm gonna look for a pullback, but I don't know if it's ever gonna come. It seems like. Well, Mitch Hodge indicator. When what day? <laughs> it was right here. May first, man. May first, I came back, baby, and I said, you know what? I'm bullish the cruise lines, even on Royal Caribbean. But Royal Caribbean was already a little bit higher, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna look at the other two for a little bit of a lag move there. And boy, they lagged, but they 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 were playing catch up pretty quickly. Boots on the ground or boots on the sea, whatever you want to call it. That was Mitch Hodge when he came here on May 1st and said this Royal Caribbean's cruise line was busy. The stock was like 68 bucks and it's now 102. Sometimes it's just that simple, folks. And people want to do things. And you know what else? The cruise lines, you know what they had? weren't very expensive. Where's the no. RCLPE here right now? 22 They're times not. After, after the big run-up. 22 times. After the big run-up, CCL trading while well, CCL is still two hundred. It was off of the pandemic low. They would have got this on a pandemic low. Anything near that pandemic low, yeah, I thought was a sure sign that maybe we could at least risk off of those. That's levels. a good area. Oil prices yeah. have been hit too. I'm sure yeah. gas is helping them. 
Yeah, yep. a lot of airlines with the, the same lines. opportunity. If you look at American Airlines, there was it was pretty much the same kind of trade. I'm just mad because I I talked about these like longer term hold swings, but I just went with my kind of like original uh like hold like you know two weeks three weeks take yeah, the money you need to run. extend that holding period yeah i need to put that I account away and not look at it and that's the hard part there you really know what hard. i ha- i might i know that the the mitch cruz indicator was a good one but i don't think i ever told you guys about my aunt arlene indicator mm, my aunt arlene. stop who is aunt arlene aunt arlene it, my dad <laughs> who passed away in 2010 uh his sister and she's 90 and she's a savvy investor. I'm very close with, uh, with her son and her, uh, her son and her daughter. And I was talking to him a lot during the, uh, during COVID and, and Arlene was buying Carnival Cruise Lines hand over fist. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, all the debt and everything. And she was like, people are going to eventually people are going to go back to cruises. And she bought that thing nine, ten bucks, eleven bucks, wherever it was. I didn't talk to her when it came back down under ten before, but you know, it's just like her, you know, market intuition, savviness, being around for a long time. Everything will pass, right? I mean, it's hard to, to look yeah. at that in the moment, but uh yeah, now, now I'm gonna call and tell her to Aunt sell Arlene. The so Aunt Arlene right indicate. Now. Yeah, she's like 91, 90, she might be 92 now. But uh, Holy, so yeah, hot right now. yeah, I hope I get uh, some of that. But uh, CCL and upgrade, they hit it on earnings. It came right to a number 14. It said, okay, maybe I'll risk down to fill in the gap. Now 14. Now we may see 18 today. Uh, the next monthly high that you 1783. I'll just give you that. That was your, if you've been waiting since May of 22, uh, that is uh, a target. After that, you get to 21.50. RCL, this was a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a, a clue because it got hit on uh, the CCL earnings, but yeah. it came back and closed near the high of the session. And then you took out your post-pandemic high at 99.24. So look at this thing. This thing is almost, I mean, it's in triple digits. Uh, let's look for NCLH. Let's see where that's probably a little bit. Hmm. That's a little bit more of a laggard here, huh? What's Big what's time. the what's we can the, see what best of breed has been. I mean, Carnival Cruise Lines is $17. It was $70. NCLH was is $20. It was $60 before the COVID happened. So I mean, you know, are these things growing back? I think some of them had some dilution, Joel. Oh so, I mean, that's yeah. the problem. And we've talked about this in the past. You know, people will cite, you know, how good a stock city group's been in the last 10 years. You, but you want to know how good a stock city group's been back in the last 20 years? Not very good stock. So go the long-term chart for city. When you start diluting, it is very, very difficult for stocks to ever come back. Here is your city group chart. This was dilution at its best. People don't realize that this was $550 a share. So if you were so inclined to buy and hold, they diluted the hell to survive, and that was it. And they they could never come back. AIG, same chart. Oh, we Bring never talked. We never talked. Bring up AIG, same chart. Dilution. Look at that. That's not splits. That's not not adjusted. That is simply the chart. <laughs> and because they had done, you know, obviously the reverse split and all the other stuff in there, fourteen hundred dollars a share. When you own a company that starts doing massive dilution to survive, there is a high probability that that stock price will never 
never, not no, no 10 years from now, 20 years from now, never come back because it's just simply too many shares outstanding now. So you got to look at the market cap. I'm sure the market cap on AIG Stacked, and Citigroup right? might be at all-time highs because you multiply the shares. But though it doesn't help those shareholders that got the, sh- the hell diluted up. So do we you know, have the same issue? I don't remember the CCL dilution, but I believe there was some serious dilution in CCL. So that is why RCL is best of breed. I don't think they had the kind of dilution that CCL did. We'd have to go look at the records. But it's I remember sunk. them doing selling shares. So to survive through the tough times. Oh, uh, CCL, I mean, they did it. They did it again. They did I it do. again. I do. I'm, I'm just going from my memory. I have nothing in front of me. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I mean, RCL may have done it once or twice. I don't know if I remember Norwegian doing it at all, but I, I know Carnival, but they needed to do it. Who was that one guy that came out and put a zero price target on it? Remember that? I think that's maybe when it, when it came back that's to the bottom. low. I can't remember what what yeah, they just uh, weren't expecting them to be able to get the financing that they needed, and they got it at the bottom there um, to get them through it. And that's what that's what changed this around. At first, they were thinking that the debt was just going to be too high that they weren't going to be able to pay the interest that was there. And then they they were able to do refinancing even at you know even at that price. So that saved CCL, and of course RCL is more profitable than ccl but ccl is just a that debt cow right it's a debt cow it isn't There's gonna too change much debt in there now let's just I, go trusty benzinga pro you guys can bring this stuff up i know you have difficulty doing that but you know we could just show you where we're but going here. I, I i do have a friend that has ccl like ten dollars and i'm like man i i understand why you don't want to sell like there's, there's is it gonna come back down there i mean the, it the might debt not. look at the debt here just comparatively sometimes just the, there's 31 billion dollars in debt here joel 31 <laughs> billion in ccl against <laughs> four billion in revenue they only have four billion in revenue I and mean, they have 31 billion dollars in debt let's go look yeah. at rcl comparatively i bet you it's not gonna nearly die. that I so bet rcl less than half rcl's debt is 19 billion only mm-hmm. so what did we say 31 billion yeah the revenue is yeah. lower so, though too yeah, revenues, yeah, 2.88 billion. So, it's, you know, again, this is the way these things operate. These ships are expensive. They got to have a lot yeah, of borrowed man. money to do it. But when interest rates are high, it's not helping here either. Not arguing against it. I mean, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And we know that people are interested in doing stuff. So it's not surprising that these things had runs. But are these like your core investments in your long term portfolio? Like, I don't know. It depends maybe. where you got them. I mean, if you got CCL at pandemic low near. Yeah, that- maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be too. But mad I don't think it's it, going back to seventy. You know? Yeah, I think the I, dilution. There I would is agree. I would agree. You, you can't think that it's going back all the way to the top of the chart. That's what you're telling us, Dennis. Yeah. And I think that's a, a very wise thing to think about because I think a lot of people, when they think about their investments, they look to the left and they think that, oh yeah, I'm just going to be able to climb back there. That, they time. do. And, that that and, is and, what and that hardest. is what a lot of newer traders and even seasoned traders think mm-hmm. that if I hold long enough eventually I get my money back. If I hold on to my CGC, if I hold on to my pot stock, eventually I know it's going to come back to $50 and I will get my money back. It's 42 cents, folks. It never made any sense at a $50 billion valuation. That was all just pure (laughs) stupidity is what that was. You paid $50 billion for a greenhouse full of pot plants. 
That same and what about tomatoes, Dennis? What that is the... same greenhouse. I'm from Leamington. Originally Guys, Leamington. stop hating on my I pot. It's going to come back. It's that not legal. Greenhouses <laughs> are all identical. The it's not legal, the man. It, There's way to... too many, man. It's just too many. To Dennis, spend. Dennis, you know what the difference is? Right here, where I'm at right now, if I had cannabis, I'm going to jail. I crossed the state. I'm not going to jail. That's the difference. Wait till that turns. Wait till that turns. These people, so do you much think it's going back fifty dollars, CGC? <laughs> so, oh, let's turn it to something that's valuable. No, no I, think... I, I just want to make the point here. So, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the point where you've got it. Just sometimes, and I'm not talking today. I don't know. Maybe CGC could go up from forty three cents. I don't know. But I tell you, when it was fifty dollars, it was all irrational exuberance to quote Alan Greenspan because you can take, and I can physically tell in Leamington. I know what these greenhouses, my dad and uncle owned a construction company. We helped build these greenhouses. I know what they are worth. These greenhouses, some of them, you know, the greenhouse complexes themselves are probably worth five to 10 million. The one full of tomato plants sells for five to 10 million. The one full of pot plants was valued at 50 billion. That is pure stupidity. And that is why all the people who invested in those lost money. Sometimes you just got to compare apples to apples. Greenhouse full of pot plants, Greenhouse full of tomatoes. Greenhouse full of pot plants worth more. Is it worth 500 or 1,000 times more? No, that's nonsense. And you know what? The people who invested in that lost their money and deserved to lose it. Because we were saying on this show with that comparison for the last 10 years, I never saw it going like that much. I thought there was stupid ones, $5 billion. I never saw it going to $50 billion. So it was still stupid. I was proven correct in the long run. So if you hold long enough, valuation does matter. In the short run, valuation doesn't matter at all. So if the story is hot, pot stocks were hot in 2017, 2018, hot again in 2020, valuation doesn't matter. Once the story cools off, that is all that matters. And the bottom line is those greenhouses full of pot plants, greenhouses full of tomato plants aren't that much different. Well, I can say at least that I would take the pot over the tomatoes, but let's go sure, to the hotels. Sure, but you're going to pay a thousand times more for those same greenhouses? I pay more, but not a thousand times. I love what tomatoes. About, what about hotels here? Because I'm keeping an eye on them. I've seen Marriott kind of setting up here for a little bit of a move. Yeah. Um, MAR and then uh, Hilton. Oh. And then the one that I'm watching for a little bit, maybe a lag play, I'm going to look at Hyatt because I like that chart setting up here. It's kind of in a little bit of a symmetrical mm -hmm. triangle, bounced off of 108 multiple times here. And if I like, Marriott yeah, going, look at the upside here, too. Look at this. This has got a chance at a breakout. Look at all these highs at this 112.50 area. And uh, you had a nice little day yesterday, and now you're getting a, a running start in it. So uh, don't mind this one at all. 12.68 high, 12.31 close. Four shares have traded in the pre market, but if there was a four share offer there, I'd probably lift it and see it uh maybe go up uh this is not really a big bar here 114 16 uh is a target but uh looking good hotels are looking good let's look at uh airbnb here Ooh, consolidation station here look at this move up from 105 now you're finding buyers at the 124 and a half 125 area move up after consolidate you know potential move up bad day yesterday uh, we'll see if uh, Airbnb can catch a bit. And, and that's where it starts to think, what recession? <laughs> Look at play. <laughs> Look at David Busters, man. What recession? We've been oh, saying the, what recession for a long time you on the show. It like, hasn't come. 
I, I mean, people are interested in the doing stocks stuff. aren't telling us, right? People well, just no. want to get the hell out of their house and do people stuff. People want to do things. I mean, I some of the valuations on these stocks can make some sense, though, too, Mitch. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can just chase the AI story here and say, oh, look how great, you know, Apple has been. Well, this play has been pretty dang good, too. This play <laughs> has been a pretty good stock here for the last quarter. Really good. I mean, we're up from $31 to $45. What's the valuation on play? I, I, it's just a good exercise to sometimes just look. I'm look sure at all deep. the chances you had at 30 there. It's 13 God, times crazy. earnings. Right, look at that. Holy macro. It's trading, Joel, Mitch, it's trading 13 times earnings. That's why. I mean, this would have been your value play that came in in June. We talked about value stocks. You're probably buying it at eight or nine times earnings then. Well, if you're not going to recession and you're not going under on some of these companies, at eight or nine or 10 times earnings, a lot of these companies make a hell of a lot of sense. I would buy play on pullbacks. Adult Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know, man. It's just so. It's so. <laughs> Maybe I not. To, Maybe I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. have to I take Adam pick a different before. one. I don't like. I, I was in one. Like like, yeah, but. I can't. I can't do that. I, I was gonna say Disney, but no, it's not the same thing anymore. No, so, Disney still got. It's not the same problems, thing, man. You know? It can't get that same love, and I think it, it should get the love, but it's just not getting it, team. Um, but eighty-eight, out. man, eighty-eight is holding yeah. on like a freaking tank. That's four times that it's tried to go through there. Twenty-five dollars worth of tokens at Dave and Bust at Dave. I can tell you, I was yeah, at a Dave and Buster's in December, and I was given tokens. I, I like I went to people and I gave them away. I had to get the hell out of there and go to a different tailgate. But I'm an old guy. But uh, nine oh one here, Dennis. I'm gonna step. Uh, no pre market prep plus today, so I'm gonna stick around here. And do a few tickers with Mitch. Uh, Triple D, yeah, yeah. any any closing thoughts? Uh, I've, I've given lots of closing thoughts. I think we're just <laughs> at the turning point here. Spinner said it here too. End of the quarters, you can see turns. Yeah. Right now, what I'm looking for, and again, I like the growth on pullbacks here, but this is not a pullback. This is not a dip. This is, you know, these are rips. So I'm not looking at buying Apple at all-time highs. I'm sorry. You know, and maybe it's going to go to 40 times earnings. Maybe it's going to go to 50. Maybe it's going to go to 100 times earnings and people don't care. I'll tell you that earnings isn't go up as, going to go up as much as people think, though. Everybody thinks this AI is going to double their earnings. I don't think that's happening. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah. I'm looking at other companies. I think the cruise lines were an excellent call by you a month and a half ago. I think the value trade is back in favor to a certain extent. Could the quarter change? Could next quarter be value over growth? We're seeing in the last month. Value is outperforming growth in the last month. Definitely. QQQ is down here over the course of the last couple of weeks. IWM is getting back up near the highs and almost at the highs from where it was. So you're seeing, starting to see some outperformance in some of the beaten down value names. You're paying 9, 10, 12 times earnings for decent companies. Seems pretty cheap. You're paying 30, 35 times earnings for decent companies. Decent companies, great companies. Seems pretty expensive. You know, maybe the, the it's in the middle somewhere, but... You know, I'm betting on value to a certain extent right now. Definitely. Um, uh, just to kind of mention that, uh, I did take a shot in what I think is a value name, but it's not really the the biggest one. What about deer? The deer I took a shot Cheap. yesterday. Got it. Cheap I got stock. it. I went for yeah. it. I got 401 yesterday. So I felt like that 400 was a nice little level earnings. to go off of. Um, so we'll see what happens in deer. I've been talking about this XLI move that just keeps going like 12 times earnings on deer. If you're not going to recession, the stock is a buy. I've been arguing before, you know, when I was saying 440 didn't make any sense on deer, went to 360, but times have turned to a certain extent. 
We don't look like we're going in a recession anytime soon. People are still spending like crazy. We know, you know, people are finding money even in a higher interest rate environment. I mean, 380, you got 380 on this thing? I'd be a buyer down 380. Am I chasing it? It's run up quite a bit here now from the June lows. But stuff just got too cheap back in June. There was such a separation at the end of May between, you know, 30, 35, 40 times earnings and then 9, 10, 11 times earnings on a lot of these other companies that that separation changed. Deer became hot. It's It was 9 or 10 times earnings in May. So it just got too cheap. It came off from the 440 when it was like 15 times and we were like arguing that, you know, maybe it's getting a little bit long in the teeth of going to recession. Well, it came back off. It came back off 30%. So at a certain point in time, you know, it turns from a sell to a buy. So deer is maybe at that point. I think I'd buy dips on deer. Okay, for looking at uh, Mitch, I mean, you got a, a ways to go to get yeah. to yesterday's high. I don't know if you can hold out for that, but uh, uh, two day close, uh, two day close, four hundred five twenty. It's not there yet, so there's a potential target. And then uh, the high from yesterday that comes in at wow, four hundred six eighty one. So. Uh, maybe playing a little bit of catch up here with deer, but uh, S&P's continuing uh, to charge higher here. We got uh, some other stocks to take a look at. Mitch, which one? I'll let you pick here. They just do I- I'm going to hop. Of- I'm going to okay. do some trading. You guys are tired of because it's an hour of me yelling. So <laughs> have a good weekend, everyone. Have a good one, Dennis. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. Get some rest. All right, let's go to. Um, hmm, let's take a look at. Uh, I, I want to take a look at a, a chart here. Uh, what about literally here? Uh, this is an interesting Turtle day Beach. Yeah, Turtle Beach. I actually took a shot on this one a couple days ago at 1145. Uh, my biggest thing is the daily chart just looks like just prime time. It's nice and sleepy. Just recently made a run to 1319. Yeah, t- course, tough. Yeah, quiet range and doesn't trade a lot of volume. But uh, what's going on at 1171? That's a, a pair of highs from yesterday. You also had a pair of high or uh, highs at that area before. So, I mean, 1171 and a little roadblock here at 12. It's been a kind of a sleepy chart. I don't see the AI in it, but. Uh, let's see if we can get above the highs at eleven seventy one. Was that one from the chat, or was that was that um, one? From honestly, you? this is one that I just been. I, I a lot of times for charts like this that just look good on the daily. I'll just put I'll set an alert, and I'm willing to take a shot off the daily chart. So uh, okay. I took a little bit of a shot on that, and it hasn't moved right. So we'll see if it actually does move. A big part for me would be watching Law Detect to see if that can start climbing back. It got hit hard on their earnings. Um, and they're starting to get back a little bit of that gap. And so I'll see what happens there on Logitech. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Start coming back. Let's yeah, take some from uh, – let's take uh, some here from the chat. Let's do it. When I saw um, – what do you say? So a good one. What's a good one? Oh, let's talk about uh, the space real quick here. Let's take a uh, look. SPCE. Yeah, we talked – I mean, that definitely it was a sell that they got all excited, got over 6 bucks. I mean, you got good support in the lower forehand also. I have no problems with that. You know, you very identifiable support. Uh, and then if you do get some kind of catch a nice bid, you just got to be aware uh, that there's a pair of highs, uh, exact, almost matching highs, 44 4.88 and 4.89 and then uh joby aviation uh that stock uh had a little dipsy doodle uh got real carried away on the news but uh found some profit takers still an uptrend i mean 
I'd be more inclined to try and buy it at nine than this area. But uh, if you think it's going to be holding this gap for some, some time, uh, 9.57 was the low yesterday, uh, trade, currently trading 9.98. I think coming hard off that 11.98 area, it's going to take some time to get back up to there. All right, a chart that I've been struggling on. I've been shorting and just like making money, giving it back, making money, giving it back, making it money, giving it back. So let's see what Joel's outlook is on Starbucks. Of course, everybody knows I'm a bear in this stock, but those lows, they just don't want to break. I have a feeling Joel will tell me, hey, they don't want it to go through that level. What do you Yeah, it's just so much monthly support here. Uh, You can see it on the monthlies. Someone's making a stand here. On the other hand, it uh, just hasn't been a great. You're trading above 99 here. Yesterday's high is up at 99.83. Uh, so that you know that's still 60, 70 cents away. Uh, sleepy, easier to find uh, support in this one under 98. Nothing jumping out to me on Starbucks. How's your bros doing? B R O S. Just hanging out yeah, here. It's not going anywhere. No AI, man. right? No, no AI. No AI. No, no AI. And like I said, comparable sales still going down. When that trend changes, I'll mention that. All right. Right now, comparable sales still going down. Um, one that's interesting that I already sold on the rip uh, a day ago was Home Depot. Um, so it wasn't yesterday. It was a, a let's just say two days ago on that rip on Tuesday. I sold out on that. I had it at 301. It was just a nice little like two day, like nice 4%. So I took the money and ran, but it looks like it caught a nice little dip by yesterday. What do you think about Home Depot? Uh, you got a, you got a nice uh, area to look at. Uh, you want it to get up to 312.04 or no, 312.94. Wow. Uh, holding the previous day's high at 308.13, so that will act as support. Uh, let's see if it has, I mean, that'd be another three bucks here, 312.94, trading up 0.71, kind of trading with the market here. Uh, but this did make a new high over the expiration high, so looks like it's going to be a little bit of tougher. So I like 312.94 as a target. Things happen is asking about MA, 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 trading up 83 cents. Awful close to all-time highs here. You just want to see it get up to this uh, the recent double top here back from May. Uh, that would be a firm target for me at 392. That's three and a half bucks away. What was this high? This high was, uh, I'd like to see it hold 388. And let's see if we can mosey our way up to that double top at 392. All right. The chat wants to talk about these battery plays, Joel. They're a little bit smaller, but uh, I'll try to bring up all three of them. And then maybe you can tell me which one you, you at least see some. There's F-R-E-Y. That's Freyer battery. That got a pop yesterday. Um, and then there's, of course, there's MVIS. I'm sure you've heard about that one. Yeah. Being talked about multiple times. That's microvision. Um, and then the one I, I do have a swing on that I've talked about since T Mo, uh, since Toyota Motors mentioned of solid state battery, which is QS. Um, so I have that one below seven. I'm already up there close to eight. Um, but I'm looking at these battery plays. Anything Ooh. with solid state batteries has been starting to get a little bit of a lift. We'll see yeah, this fr- this uh, F-R-E-Y, uh, the boat got loaded yesterday, folks. Uh, volume v- jumps from 2 million to 13 million. 
Ah, uh, so boom, you know, loaded up. You're gonna need, but had a nice breakout, but it was a gap. You didn't get a chance on that. With these and what we've seen in the past, man, you just don't want to stand in front of them. And I would look if I had a long, I'd be looking for 991. That's yesterday's high. You also poked your head up towards the ten dollar area a few other times and failed. Uh, but man, it got the volume yesterday. If you want to ride the mo. Just keep riding it. Just be careful if it consolidates and, uh, you know, you get a couple uh, either consolidates and then kind of, you know, puts in a little bit of a trading range and breaks down the lower end of the range. I'll do uh, I'll look at MVIS and that's a little bit of a quieter one here. That's perking up. That's up 42 cents. Decent volume. I mean, if you're buying this off the open, you want to see 440, 450, 460. You don't want to be uh, hanging out. If you want to be cheap, wow, this broke a multi-day losing streak too. If you want to be cheap and maybe catch it uh, at the top of yesterday's range, 410. And then uh, QS, boom, boom. That's up 14 cents. Boom. Wow. This, uh, this $8 area has been pesky. And you're testing in the pre-market. Gets through eight. Looks like I got some more room on the upside. All right. I'm going to bug out of here. S&Ps are just chugging towards that number I gave you. 44.71 nice. and a quarter. That's just where I want to see us close above today. Uh, you're about six, seven points from uh, your average uh, uh, nine-day average trading range. That would put you up at uh, 44.76. And if you're a uh, Super Bowl today, uh, the recent high of the move made on that expiration Friday, that came in exactly at 44.93.75. And it was interesting about that. It hit it in the pre-market, and then it hit it right off the open, and then we had a little bit of a tumble that day. So that's it. Uh, glad I got to stick around a little bit longer with you. And uh, everyone, no pre-market pet plus today. Uh, mm -hmm. Tune in. Uh, uh, Kenny Glick is going to hop on with Josh at the closing print okay. at 3.30. And uh, I'll be back with you guys on Monday. Go get them. All right. You guys check that out. Of course, that starts at 3.30. Don't miss that. Now to bring you guys over to live trading action. Let's see what Ryan and I can get into. See if I can go ahead and make some money. Yesterday was a little bit of a tough day. Had a good, you know, first uh, four days. Um, first three days, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was green. Yesterday, red. Let's battle back, right? Let's see what we can do today on Friday. See if we can get into the green and see if these stocks are going to continue to climb with the AI bubble. Find out right here on Live Trading. Don't go anywhere, team. We're starting up in just about a minute.